This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Yeah, you, you know it's of God when you got a title, right? And um, so let's pray and ask the Lord to meet us here in this house today, right now. Jesus, Lord, I know your presence is already here, but some of us haven't embraced that presence quite yet. Lord, we worship today, but some of us worship today with false hands and just put on a show just for, but Lord, we're going to get a little bit deeper right now. We want to get a little bit deeper right now in your presence. We want to dig a little bit. We want to uncover some things. We want to say, God, take me for who I am, all the things. And now, God, you can minister. God, you can touch. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Somebody say amen. Amen. If you want to turn your Bibles today, the word of the Lord, turn your attention to the word of the Lord. And... Um, we going to turn to 1 John chapter number 2 and uh, verse number 17. And um, again, it's great to have our guest here today. Thank you for being here. And um, so grateful that you're here. Um, we are a truth preaching church. Um, we stay in the word of God. Um, we do not deviate. I do my best not to give you my opinion. I said I do my best not to give my opinion. The word of God stands and speaks for itself. And about the time we start entering our opinions is about the time that we go awry. First John chapter number 2, verse number 17 says, what does that say? The world... And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth how long? How long? How many want to live forever with the Lord Jesus Christ? I'm thankful. Let's go to also to Amos chapter number 5. Amen. Amos chapter number 5. This has never really happened to me. At least I don't remember it happened. I was studying last night. And I th the Lord told the Lord, I said, Lord, I just I felt like I need another scripture. And I opened the Bible to Amos chapter number 5. How many of you ever randomly just opened the Bible to a scripture and that was like the, what the Lord needed to tell you? Amos chapter number 5, verse number 4 through 6. For thus saith the Lord unto the house of Israel, Seek me, seek ye me, and ye shall live. Now, now, I want you to get this, this next, now these other names that are going to happen in the rest of these verses here sound familiar. It says, but seek not Bethel. We've been taught to seek Bethel. Nor enter into Gilgal and pass not to Beersheba, for Gilgal shall surely go into captivity. You never know what the Lord's protecting you from. <laughs> And Bethel shall not shall come to naught. Verse number six, seek the Lord, and ye shall, there it is again, ye shall live. Lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph, and devour it, and there be none to quench it. 
in Bethel. I'm going to preach today with the help of the Lord about the pothole gospel. The pothole, everybody say pothole. Pothole gospel. And um, I'm thankful today that I know the whole gospel. Some of us get trapped in a pothole and we can't get out of our own way. It's time to receive the full gospel today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I am not a proponent of potholes. If you love potholes, then excuse me for a moment while I bash potholes. Now, when I was in the car business, I loved potholes because people had to come in and replace a tire. And my, I made commission off of people's misery in hitting potholes. But now, I'm out of the car business. I don't like potholes. Um, how many have hit a pothole this spring? How many's had to change a tire or maybe get a new tire or repair a tire because of a pothole? I go down to IRC Music every once in a while, it seems like. And if you go down to IRC, I think the, the city of Avon needs a letter written to them because there is a, there is a pothole that will take a car. Um, and it is about, it's at least one car length wide, and, and I go, I'm carefully uh, observing that pothole as it grows, and I'm carefully navigating that short stretch of road, because if I was driving too fast, I'm afraid that I had to replace a tire, maybe a fender, and maybe a rim, because of how deep and how wide that pothole is. There are potholes that pop up. Every once in a while, they were not there one day and they're there the next. And we'll find ourselves being trapped by that pothole. We'll find ourselves in a circumstance, if you will, with a certain pothole. We, some of us have a relationship with a pothole. We like to tell everybody about that pothole. We like to share the good news and the bad news of that pothole. One thing that I have realized that I am not an asphalt guy and I'm not a concrete guy, but I know one thing, that if the city patches a pothole and they just put a patch on it, sooner or later that patch is not going to work. Sooner or later there's going to be a debris coming out of that pothole. The next rain, the next cold, the next freeze, the next fall, or whatever the case may be, that pothole was right back where it was before. Some of us drove last year down the roads, and this year that pothole, bam, is there again. Use a word of Zach Tatera, bam. There is that pothole once again. I want to kind of address today with the help of the Lord and trying to help us to deal with the potholes in our life because there are situations and things that consume us when we are not prepared for them. There are things that happen to us that, um, that have stripped us up time and time and time again. You find yourself hitting the same potholes over and over and over. And can I say and over? We find ourselves trapped with the same anger we've been dealing with over and over 
and over. We find ourselves dealing with the lack of being able to forgive over and over and over and over. We find ourselves with jealousy creeping up in our heart over and over. And we're dealing with the same pothole again and again. And we'll patch it on a Sunday time of worship. We'll patch it with the Word of God for a little while, but that pothole begins to be uncovered. And when it's, the patch comes off, that hole is deeper than it's ever been. And we find ourselves with more damage than we have ever gotten because we have not properly instilled the gospel in that pothole. Gospel, let me just say what this is. The gospel in these last days needs to be preached more than ever before. Let me repeat myself. I said the gospel needs to be preached more than ever before. I don't think you hear me. I said the gospel needs to be preached more than ever before. And I'm not just talking about it from the pulpit. This is the place that people expect the gospel to be preached. The gospel needs to be preached in our homes. The, pro- the gospel needs to be preached in your school. The bo- gospel needs to be preached at your work. No, you don't get on a microphone. You may not have a pulpit and notes to stand behind, but your life should represent the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your life should preach the gospel. This message is profoundly simple. But to us, however, the gospel is a path that needs to be entered to without reservation or hesitation. That's why I ask myself, you may ask, why should I not hesitate? Why should I go to the gospel without reservation? Because it is the avenue or the path that brings your journey to heaven. I am not a superman. I am not an all-star father. I am not a lot of things. But what I am is the shepherd for your soul. And it's my job and my duty to make sure you know what it takes to make heaven your home. And you may get upset at me, you may get mad at me, but my God, I want to tell you today, if we dance on streets of gold together, that's the end game. That's what we want to do. We want to make heaven our home one day. But what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. He robed himself in flesh, walked upon this earth, led a perfect life, and then a perfect sacrifice died upon a cross called Calvary. Then he rose again on the third day to show salvation is still alive and still well. And I'm here to tell you today, Jesus did not die 3,000 years ago for the people of that day. He died for you and I today. He died for those that are coming to him tomorrow. And he's going to die for those that are are coming into this house over the many months and days until the Lord comes. His presence or his dying on the cross was for all of us. We exclude ourselves from the gospel because we have an excuse Because we don't measure up. We don't look the part. We don't act the part. You're right. I can't act the part nor look the part or be the part if I have not taken on the name of Jesus Christ. But the good news does not stop with him just dying upon a cross. 
he began to give the gift of the Holy Ghost to us so we can live an overcoming life. Somebody say amen. But the whole gospel continues within us to live out the will of Jesus Christ. Many in this fallen world, and hear me today, this new world culture believe that we are to live out our own will. Let me come against that right now. If you feel as though I, it's about me and, and this world is about my, my agenda, you have missed the whole picture. I said you've missed the whole picture. The Lord teaches us that in this fallen world, temptations and trials are going to come. And selfishness and pride are the rule of the day. And the last day is, saith God, he said, but I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh, regardless of what this world props up. This world will try and to do its best to give you the new wave terminology that is that you have your own will and you should go for whatever you, should, you want to in life and, 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 and live out your desires and live it to the fullest. And in theory, that sounds wonderful. In theory, that sounds like a grand thing, but the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches us, it says, not my will, but thy will be done. Let me repeat that again. The Bible says, not my will, but thy will be done. I'm going to say that again. It's not my will, but thy will be done. The gospel calls for the propping uh, the propping the world calls for the propping up of self. It, it, the world calls for insulting others. The world calls for demeaning people. The world calls for pulling others down so we can excel. The world calls going up a corporate ladder and just and step over whoever you can. But the Bible says serve one another with humbleness and meekness and love one another as Christ has loved the church. When we bring in that type of thinking of the world into the church, we pollute the good news. I said we pollute the good news. The good news cannot be polluted, but people's view of the good news of the gospel gets skewed when they look into the church and the same things that are going on in the world are the same things that are happening in the church. What we need to do is make sure our hearts are pure and our hearts are right before God. People look at the church, they see the same things that go on in the world in the church. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. The house of God is set apart for God's. And I, we are a bunch of broken people. I'm not saying we're perfect. But what I'm saying is that we got to know God and to make him known in such a fashion that says, I have fallen, but yet I have the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. The gospel no longer becomes good news. It becomes just like another news in the world. John MacArthur said this, the true gospel is a call to self-denial. It is not a call to self-fulfillment. The gospel is taking up your cross to follow Jesus. It's not taking up Jesus' cross. You can't handle the cross that Jesus bore. But the Bible says take up your cross to follow Jesus. The gospel says to love 
one another. The gospel says, have mercy towards one another. Serve one another. Forbear one another. Be patient. Be kind. If you seek your own path, however, at the end of it will be emptiness, frustration, and ultimately in a place of destruction. Back to our text today, 1 John 2 and 17. I read from the NIV version, the world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. Do not waste your time on dying things. I'm here to preach to you. Do not waste your time on dying things. I want to invest my time and my energy and my worship to things that will last for eternity. You can hear me today when I say do not waste your time on things that don't last. Because when you when that thing stops being cool, when that person stops being your friend, and when this world tries to discourage you and put you down a hole of destruction, the only thing standing that will be left is be Jesus Christ standing on a hill, dying for your sins once again. Let us not be one who has a craving or affection for dying things. One thing that, that, that I believe that the church has got to be, be careful of is that we fall in love with dying things. And I'm talking about dying things in this world. I know the Lord died for us, but he didn't just stay there. He rose again on the third day. The Bible says he lives forevermore. I'm talking about dead things that remain dead and that will end up dead. Let us not be one who has a craving or the affections for dying things. We all can take inventory of our life. And we can take inventory of our situations. And we can see the things that we have attached ourselves to. We can see the potholes that we are wallowing around in. And we can't seem to get out of the way. It's causing devastation on our path. It's causing devastation where we go every time and every day we get up and go throughout our day we fall into that same trap or that same dead pothole that we see that same situation that same decision that same pain that same sin that we keep falling prey to day after day I'm praying today that before the end of the service that you will leave here craving something that is alive forevermore, more than the things that keep causing death and destruction in your life. There will always be the latest trend. Young people hear me, there will always be the latest trend. I've been around a block long enough to know that trends come, they go, and here they come again. I unfortunately am of the age to see the tight roll jeans coming back. Yes, I used to tight roll my jeans in high school. Do I have anybody else a witness in here? I did not want to do the penny loafers. But yes, unfortunately, I tried to fit in by tight rolling my jeans. I will not pretend to say that I did not try to fit in. But what I have found over the 44 years of my life is that the things of this world, the latest trend, 
the next clothing line, the next cool dance, the next cool song, the next crave, the next video, the next meme, the next vine, the next YouTube video. There will always be the next cool thing coming down the road. The next cool game. The next cool sporting event. The next new thing to be a part of. And I'm not necessarily preaching against certain things, but what I am preaching against is craving that next new thing. Is craving that event more than I crave the living God that we serve here today. The Bible says to seek him while he may be found. Because there will come a day when God comes for a church and you're going to look up at that eastern sky and it has already parted, but you are left behind. I'm here to tell you today, seek Jesus while he may be found. Seek Jesus while he may be found. Amos chapter number 5, verse number 4 through 6 again. For thus saith the Lord unto the house of Israel. He was speaking to the children of Israel. He said, Seek ye me, and ye shall live. But seek not Bethel. But don't you understand, Pastor? Bethel has got a good ring in my ear because Bethel has been so good to me. Nor enter into Gilgal. But Lord, don't you understand? It's a familiar place. Uh, and said, Pass not to Beersheba. But Lord, don't you understand? But the Lord says, uh, Do not go to just familiar houses of worship. Uh, you don't seek the houses of worship. You need to seek me because there you shall find me. You have a lot of people that try to seek a familiar thing, seek something that they that will appease their opinion, that will appease your thoughts uh, or appease our lifestyle. I'm not interested in seeking something that will appease my own will. I want something of God that says, not my will, Lord, but thine will be done. Seek not Bethel, nor enter into Gilgal, and pass not to Beersheba. Here's something that I have learned through this word here today. Is that if I seek God, and I seek Jesus, and I seek the goodness of the Lord, and I seek the gospel of the living God, there He will never fail me. He will never leave me stranded. He will never lead me into a pothole that I can't get out of. He will always put unto me that straight path. He will always be that guiding light. He will always make a way where there seemeth to be no way, the Bible says. The gospel, when it is applied correctly, somebody say applied. We can say amen to the gospel, but until you apply the gospel... Let me say that again. Until you can believe the gospel and you can shout amen to the gospel, but until you apply the gospel, that's when things begin to work itself out. I don't think y'all are hearing me quite yet. When you apply the gospel, I said when you apply the gospel and you apply it correctly, that's when things begin to change in your life deny yourself pick up your own cross and follow the Lord Jesus Christ can I just be really frank with you it's easy to come to an altar and give yourself to the Lord it's easy to make a commitment that I want to serve God it's easy to make a commitment and say I stand on the promises of God when I was a young man, and when I say young, I was very young, 
and, uh, in Vincennes, Indiana. My dad was a pastor, and we went to a vacation Bible school of another church. And, and uh, there come a time, a point at this, uh, it was a Baptist church, and, and uh, no reflection on dad, but he sent me to a Baptist church to go to vacation Bible school. And um, we went to them, they had a bunch of activity, it was fun, and it was great, and, and it come time for prayer. And, uh, and, and, I, and I'm not trying to knock the Baptist belief, but what I'm saying is that they come down for a time of prayer, and they asked us all to, to the altar, and they said, who wants to accept the Lord as their personal Savior? And I was like, I agree with that. I would love to have the Lord as my Savior. But I, and on the inside of me, I knew there was more than just accepting the Lord as my personal Savior. This is the kind of spirit that we have in this world is that people just want to say, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I, I believe that God is. But I'm here to tell you today, it's not just the gospel that we want to shout and dance about. I need to apply the gospel correctly in my life. You want fruit in your life? Apply the gospel correctly. You want a harvest of souls? Apply the gospel correctly. You want to get out of that pothole, that affliction, or that weakness in your life? Apply the gospel correctly. You want an undeniable move of God in your home? Apply the gospel correctly in your life. I want to see signs and wonders. I want to see people healed. I want to see broken hearts, broken hearts mended. Drug addicts become clean. Hurting, receive peace and joy. The lost, find direction. The perplexed, receive answers. And those that have lost their identity, find it in the Lord. But let me tell you how it starts and how it is. The gospel just doesn't need to be preached. It needs to be applied. I need to come down to an altar or find a place and say, God, I surrender all that I am. God, forgive me of my sins. Come to a place of repentance. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And God, fill me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost but that's not all I said that's not all I knew I would get a a hush that come across the crowd when I say that's not all let me just change our terminology just for a moment when you are born again of water and spirit, that's exactly what that is. You are born again. That does not guarantee salvation. I said that does not guarantee you salvation. There are too many professional Pentecostals, too many professional apostolics that have been born again, but you're not growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord. You're in a pothole of deception. You're in a pothole of deception if you believe that I have checked off the list of being baptized. I, I have spoken tongues. I have repented of my sin and therefore I have the grace of God to help me. No, it's more do not get trapped in a pothole to say this is a one-time deal. I want to be renewed day by day in the presence of the Almighty God. I'll preach this, and I put this in almost every message. The Bible says that Paul declared that I need to die daily. Why? Because it keeps us from being deceived of the potholes we get stuck in. There is a pothole of faithfulness. 
Hear me right now, there's a pothole of faithfulness that we say, well, one time of missing is not a big deal. One time or one month or one a week or two weeks and all of a sudden you find yourself in a, no longer in the house of God for a long period of time. That's a pothole that will lead to destruction. What the God of all heaven and earth is trying to teach the church here today is if you struggle in faithfulness, it's time to dig up that pothole and put a sure foundation of Jesus Christ in it. Some of us are dealing with the spirit of not able to forgive. I'm here that God wants to deliver you from that pothole. I said God wants to deliver you from that pothole. You say, Pastor, you don't understand who did me wrong. I had people do me wrong. But Jesus had people do him wrong, and he took that to the cross for you and nailed that to the cross and overcame that situation. And so can you with the power of the gospel. Some of us feel like we have to become something before we are something in God. Let me dispel that for a moment. I come to the Lord broken and, 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 and just, just, just not a, I, I, was not, I had it looking good on the outside when I was a teenager. The pastor thought that I, at least I felt like I had the pastor fooled. Knowing deep down today, I know I didn't have the pastor fooled. Now that I'm a pastor, I know I didn't have him fooled. <laughs> I thought I had it all worked out and everybody thought that I had it all. Oh, I worship with the best of them. And I shared this in the story before. And I, was so, I was so professional Pentecost that I would wet my finger and put wet sparks under my eyes to make it look like I prayed. I know, that's ridiculous, I know. I would rub my eyes at an altar of prayer to make sure I had red eyes. They would walk by somebody and they would know that I prayed. Thought I had everybody fooled. Come to the house of the Lord, oh, I'm on time. Oh, I'll help with this, help with that. But I was so far from God. I began to look after the things of the world more than the things of God. But, oh, I'm thankful that Jesus didn't stop calling my name. I'm thankful the Lord didn't, didn't just, just say, just shut off the fountain. But he kept calling me and calling me and calling me and said, son, get out of that pothole. Let me put the gospel in that. Let me help you today. Twenty-first century, we're consumed by profit margins, time stealers, sales pitches, extracurricular activities that are there to keep us busy, but our mind is so far away from being busy in the kingdom of God. Young people, if I could just just speak to you for another moment here today, find something to do in the kingdom of God. Find something to do in the kingdom of God. I'm going to say that again. Find something to do in the kingdom of God. Find something to do in the kingdom of God. Because in the kingdom of God, it will last 
forever. Time will come and time will go. And the curricular activities, the things that we're involved with in the world, no, they may not be wrong, but there's going to be an end to those things. Uh, and you're going to be left looking for the next big thing. I'm here to tell you today the gospel is for everybody. And the gospel wants everybody to be a part of the gospel. Almost done. One man shared this 21st century gospel by calling it a bingo card gospel. He went on to say more and more, our view of the gospel has been narrowed to a simple transaction. Marked by checking a box on a bingo card at some prayer breakfast. Registering a decision for Christ. Or coming forward during an altar call. He goes on to say that some feel as though they have put in their time at church or an event and do not feel compelled any longer to reach, teach, or disciple the lost. Some feel that they already have their ticket to heaven, and that's good enough. What this does is it causes us to focus more on, more exclusively, almost exclusively, on the afterlife and reduces the importance of what God expects us in this life. The kingdom of God, which is Christ said is within you was intended to change and to challenge everything in our fallen world here and now. It was not meant to be a way to leave the world, but rather the means to redeem it. Hear me right now. The gospel was not meant only for you to make your way to heaven. But it was not meant just for you to leave this world. But it is a means that God wants to redeem this world. He wants to redeem this world. That means the gospel is repent of your own sinful and selfish lives and totally surrender our individual lives to follow Christ in his fullness. In other words, repentance, baptism, filled with his spirit and then go unto all the world and preach the gospel to this dying generation. We miss any of these steps. There are holes in our interpretation of the gospel. An anonymous quote says, We have shrunk Jesus to the size where he can save our soul, but now don't believe he can change the world. Say that again, we have shrunk Jesus to the size that where we believe he can save us, but we don't believe he can change the world around us. We believe God can help us make us feel good. But we don't feel like he can change the potholes that we run into every day. I'm here to tell you today, God can forgive you today. And he can go to the deepest part of your soul. That potholes that kept tripping you up. The potholes that, that keep you inconsistent. The potholes from keep us falling. That keep us falling down and broken down in this world. Let the Lord and the gospel come into your spirit. And root out all of that. And put his grace and mercy and love right where it belongs. I still believe. God is all-powerful, and his word is still sharper than any two-edged sword. The Bible says I'm more than a conqueror, then that means I am just that. I am more than a conqueror. But I am more than a conqueror is if I apply the gospel correctly in my life.
His arm is not short concerning any promises that are written in his precious word. He is still Jehovah of the Old Testament and a Messiah of the New Testament. He is still God and Jesus is his name. What do you have a need in your life? The Lord, his name is great and he can satisfy every longing. He can satisfy every need in your spirit. Music would come. Josh, I'm done here today. Everybody here. Deuteronomy 32 and 1. Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew. As a small rain upon the tender herb. And as a showers upon the grass. Because I will publish the name of the Lord. Ascribe ye greatness unto our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are judgments. A God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. Verse number five, they have corrupted themselves. Their spot is not the spot of his children. They are a perverse and crooked generation. Verse number six, do ye thus requite the Lord, O foolish people and unwise? Is not he... Thy father that had bought thee, hath he not made thee and established, established thee? What are you saying, Pastor? I said, I'm here to tell you, the Lord has made you and he created you for his purpose. The Bible declares that you are his true riches. Does not matter how broken the riches may look, does not matter how far the riches may seem from God. The Lord still died for you. He loves you. And he wants you to come back to his presence here today. Say, Pastor, you don't understand the things that I'm going through. I may not. But I do understand that we all have things that we need God's help with. I said we all have things that we need God's help with. And there are certain things that have been tripping us up along the way. That have been tripping us up. And keeping us from the house of God and the kingdom of God. I will say this. If you're in this room here today, you are not here by accident. This word today was not given by accident. The gospel is here for you today. This altar, I just don't want it to be another casual time to come to an altar. I believe God is looking for a people that will open themselves up to God's healing of the things that have been tripping you up along the way. The things that have been causing damage in your home. The things that have been causing damage in your life. Let me just say this. This world has an opioid problem. Did I say that right? Opioid. Opioid. Thank you. There's a problem. There are a lot of people that deal with over-the-counter medication that have succumbed to an addiction through almost an unruly, just didn't realize it would take them there. That if you were under any kind of opioid, opioid, there we go, God can heal you from that. There 
people in this room that fight depression. God can heal you from that. We can't think that God can't touch mental illness. He can. God can heal cancer. He can heal mental illness. So many times we don't pray for the mentally ill because that's just something out of our comfort zone. God can heal mental illness. God can deliver you from whatever trap the devil has got you splashing in every day. What happens is, is that pothole gets bigger and bigger and it keeps destroying the same things over and over again. We may have it looking good on the outside, but on the inside we are falling apart. And a man called me on Friday. today he called me Friday and he said he said pastor he said I've let my life go down a road I never thought it would go down see God filled me with the Holy Ghost when I was a teenager I was baptized in Jesus name he said but I began to look at my life and I began to fall prey to one thing after another and he said all of a sudden I found myself on a bar stool with a woman I didn't know and he said, I come to myself and say, God, how in the world did I get here? And he told me, he said, it was one small decision at a time. And he said, I walked away from God. He said, I promised my mother as she passed away that I would get myself right with the Lord. So I prayed with him over the phone that God would restore unto him the gift of salvation. I'm here to tell you that there are people in this world that are lost and are dying. But I also know today that there are people in this room that are lost and dying because you're trapped in a pothole you can't seem to get yourself out of. Potholes become our identities. They become just a part of the way of life. But I'm asking you to come to Jesus and apply the gospel correctly in your life. Let God forgive you let God love you and let him restore unto you the gift of salvation so we no longer fall prey. Here's what I want us to pray. And I and I am guilty of this as much as anybody else. I think we need to get more specific in our prayers. I think we need to get more I think we're scared to get specific. Here's what I want us to do. I want you to stand with me right now. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.